Welcome into the Platform Podcast. This week's episode is with Nick Real. He is a nutrition coach and a personal trainer out in Las Vegas. And uh, I know him as a sleep specialist within the field. So it is definitely an area that uh, I sometimes struggle with. I especially have struggled with uh, in my past. And it's something that I have made a concerted effort to improve on and continue to work on and starting to incorporate some of the uh, the habits that are that are talked about in this episode and some of some of uh, some of the simple changes that you can make as well as some of the, the, the less easy changes to make. But, um, you know, Nick is a great resource and he dives into uh some of the some of the root cause issues and uh you know we could obviously speak on on sleep uh in depth for an extended period of time but i think nick did a great job of uh of taking some high level stuff and breaking it down in simple in simple terms and making it pretty accessible as well as leaving uh leaving with some tips um to help you improve your sleep um so i hope that you enjoy the episode i'll put links to his ebook uh, in the show notes. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to me or you can reach out to him and we will be happy to get you connected with resources to help you get a better night's sleep because it will make a huge difference in how you're feeling. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode with Nick real. Welcome in, everyone, to the Platform Podcast, uh, live streaming in the Kettlebell Fat Blast Facebook group. And my guest today is Nick Real. He is a nutrition coach and uh, fitness coach out in Las Vegas, Nevada, correct? That is right. And he is also known as the sleep guy, just kind of casually, because uh, apparently he knows a lot about sleep, which is the reason I brought him on my podcast today. So, you know, spoiler alert, we're going to get into we're going to get into uh, some sleep secrets and some of the tips and tricks that he has to help you actually uh, actually understand why sleep is important, how it works, uh, some of the things that are probably fucking up your sleep as we speak um, and uh, some things you can do to fix that. But but first, uh, Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to come onto the podcast. Dude, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, man, I'm I'm stoked to have you. So, tell the people a little bit about you know who you are, what your backstory is. You know, give people the uh, the the Nick Real origin story. How did how did you come to get into this uh, industry? And you know, what's what's your background? For sure. So I'm going to take you guys all the way back to my I think it was my fourth grade year when my parents decided that they're very hyperactive child who has very aggressive tendencies needed a, an outlet other than pushing people down on the playground. So they threw me in flag football. So that was it for me. Once I started playing football, that, that was like the name of my game all throughout high school. I was totally engrossed in football, baseball, golf. I played it all. Now, during those years, one of the football coaches realized that I was pretty good at this whole weightlifting thing. And I was helping a lot of people out just naturally me being me. So he's like, Hey, Nick, guess what you're doing? You're going to be the strength and conditioning coach of the football team. So you're in charge of everything in the weight room. You make sure everyone's doing their exercises properly. They're actually making progress on nine yards. So how old, were you? how old were you when I, he asked you to do that? Uh, 
she's maybe I think 17. So you were still a player on the team and also the strength and conditioning coach. That's right. Awesome. What certifications yeah. did you have at this point? None? Zero? Okay. <laughs> nada. 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 I didn't even know what a personal training certification was yet. They said, okay, well, you're doing it. Inherently, why they did that in retrospect, being an adult, was now they didn't have to sit there and babysit everybody. They can go off and do other things like drink all of our Gatorade or do whatever <laughs> coaches do, stand there and talk. But anyways, so they had me do that job my sophomore year my junior year and my senior year so that's what I did now when I graduated having all this like experience I did learn along the way that you can get a degree in all this type of exercise and stuff and I was like well hell yeah I really like that because that my like 18 year old head I wanted to have fun and there's only two decisions for me to basically go have fun either I join the military or I go to college and get the degree. So I did choose college and get the degree at the time. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that college is what's going to actually get me forward and like get a formalized education and this stuff. And actually, I truly like know and understand what I'm doing, not in terms of just theoretics, but also application. So I got a bachelor's of science in comprehensive kinesiology and biomechanics. And my, what was it? can't remember what year it was. I think it was my sophomore year of college. That is when I decided, yo, let's do this whole personal training thing. I got certified, started working with people and absolutely hands down fell in love with it. I love helping people and just being able to see people completely change their life, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. That drives me like nothing else seeing those transformations seeing those light bulbs come on seeing things click and people's finally like oh fuck i finally get why this is actually important i absolutely love it so fast forward a little bit after that i graduate college and i decided to go ahead and really just throw myself into the industry of personal training and i got myself a gig helping airline and airport employees inside of a fitness and wellness facility in McCarran International Airport located inside of Las Vegas. Wow. Now at the time I I know, right? It's a it's a novel concept. No other airport has something like we do right now. Now at the time that I got hired on, I'm like, oh sweet, I got a job, the whole nine yards. Little did I know that I was thrown from a frying pan, not into a fire, but just a, literally a volcano. <laughs> Holy shit. Because when I was like doing all like the personal training in college, just like, oh, yeah, let's do squats. Let's, let's do bench press, bro. Let's, let's do deadlifts. It's all fun. Talk to career, like basically government people and airline people about all this stuff. And give a fuck about that. <laughs> so I had to figure out what they really cared about. And it took a couple of years for me to like wrap my head around. It's like, okay, this whole like, you know, bodybuilding like thing isn't, isn't what they want. What, what do these people want? There's two things that they really, really wanted of the hundreds of clients I've worked with over there. They wanted improved energy levels. They wanted to get out of pain and they wanted to actually drop weight and keep it off. Not shred down for a bodybuilding contest, not do a strength and conditioning meet, but just elevate their quality of life. And so throughout lifestyle, lifestyle, like legitimate, just lifestyle clients. Yes. Lifestyle only. They couldn't care. They no, none of them cared about having washboard abs, like peaking biceps and quads that tear your shorts or your jorts or whatever it's called. They didn't care about any of that. 
So that was like really huge for me, like completely trans transforming my way of thinking from, okay, Hey, let's get jacked and shredded. I mean, that's fun, but let's face it. Nobody wants to get jacked and shredded all the time to, okay, let's just elevate your overall life quality. And that's where I ran into some challenges. How's I going to get someone to lose weight who doesn't eat right at all, hasn't eaten right in over a decade at least. And most of them were, they were logging sub thousand calorie diets. Yes, sub thousand calorie diets. A lot of them had comorbidities attached to it. So how do I really like make an impact on their lives and give them wins that will keep them coming back? Because you and I both know as personal trainers, coaches, that when you have a good decade or more of mistreating your body, it's not going to come off in one month. It's not going to come off in three months. It's not even going to come off in a year. Come on, aren't you any good at what you do? I, I, I want it. I want, I want this now. I want this. I want this in two weeks. Well, it's a wake up call. You're not going to get it in two weeks. If you put on all that weight in two weeks, which I would have no idea how you would do that. <laughs> sure, you could probably get rid of it in about that time span. But if you spend 30 years treating your body like garbage, it's going to take a few years to get it back to where it needs to be, if that. So, me being me, and I'm huge on really identifying the problem of the problem, not just treating symptoms. Okay, they're, they're all overweight. Why? Okay, they're all in pain. Why? Let's go solve the root of the problem. And one of the things that I found myself doing with all my clients is more of a prerequisite was fixing their sleep. And at the time, fixing their sleep was making sure that they're honestly just going to bed on time and they're waking up at consistent times. That's pretty much the brunt of it. And I got all into like pain management. Um, I have a few certifications with uh, myoskeletal alignment, getting people out of pain, the whole nine yards. So fast forward all this to about a year and a half ago when I met my business partner, mentor, coach, Jason Phillips, and we we're talking about, okay, well, what do you want to really do at this point in my time? You know, I was burned out with personal training, doing one-on-one. -on -one. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I did not want that to be my final resting place. And it's weird about an going, industry that can cause sleep issues, being a, being oh, a personal trainer, man, up at, up at four, up at four 30, working until noon, maybe, maybe dude. sometimes taking a three hour break and then coming back for the evening sessions and working until eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. Sometimes like uh, personal trainers, I see some of them have just some brutal routines. Like I did an up down when I was at lifetime fitness for a while, where one day I would be in at 6am and the next day I wouldn't be in until 3pm. And I did that alternating for, I did that for a few months. And that was, I mean, that was brutal. Talk about, you know, destroying. Oh, your circadian yeah. rhythm. I mean, there's a oh, lot in the personal yeah. training industry that, that actually uh, is really, really hard on, on lifestyle. Uh, absolutely. And I've had my own issues with sleep, very similar to that. I wasn't working like the opposing schedules. I was just plowing from about, I think like 7am to 6pm, five or six days a week. Either I was booked on the hour every hour or I was double or triple stacked on the hour every hour. So I wasn't creating any time for myself. They're like lunch, I didn't know what that was. Breakfast didn't know what that was. It was all about serving my clients, serving my clients. Well, you can only do that for so long before your body starts to fight back and say, fuck you. Then I started developing sleep problems. And my problems with sleep weren't necessarily ones that, you know, like kept me up at night, but I would constantly wake up feeling like I got ran over by a train, unrefreshed, dreading the next day, hooked on caffeine, like two venti iced coffees, uh, a monster and pre-workout was like the norm. I was stimming the shit 
out that's, of my that's like 1200 milligrams of caffeine in a day y'all that's a that's a lot <laughs> yeah it was a lot and i did this for two years just you know serving my clients doing things that it, that i thought everybody thought that i should be doing which was exactly what i didn't need to be doing but it got me to the point where i literally almost destroyed my own business and then it slapped me in the face it's like dude how the fuck are you leading people to a better state when you're in a fucked state yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had a hard conversation with myself and the end result of that hard conversation was, okay, instead of like turning on Netflix every night, trying to escape your miserable ass reality, you're going to go to sleep. You're going to turn it off. You're going to go to sleep. And that one night of quality sleep flicked in my head. Like this is, this is what needs to happen for everybody to open up, from a survival mode to a thriving mode. This is a prerequisite to health. This is what I need to be focusing on because nobody is placing any emphasis on this. All the emphasis that's out there in the sleep related industry right now is okay, hey, focus on hygiene or get a different pillow or get that weighted blanket. Okay, well, if you have sleep problems, I guarantee you that weighted blanket is not going to help you. If you're having issues falling asleep, staying asleep, or waking up feeling unrefreshed, pillow nine times out of 10 is not what you need. You need something else. So again, going back to, I like to actually go to the root of the problem rather than just rip off the actual leaves of the problem, little gardening <laughs> innuendo there. I sought out to truly understand this subject and go to the heart of it because everybody I know has had issues with sleep. My mom, who I love her to death, she's had sleep problems for a good majority of my life. And I've seen what it's done. I've seen yeah. what's done to my clients. I've seen what's done to me. Nobody should have their life dictated based off how much energy they have or how much sleep they got. There's so much more to life. When it comes to more on the coaching side of like weight loss and physical transformation, if you don't have that down, you're going to be running in circles for a very, very long time. It's the, long, you, it's the longest lever we have to pull when it comes to transformation. So like the, I told you before we got on, this is part of the, the series I've been doing on the, on the levers of transformation and sleep is right up near the top for a reason. So we start with, we start with just clarity around goals. And we were talking nutrition periodization and talking about some, some of those things and, and consistency with the habits. But this is the first, like we're starting to get into the actual meat of, of levers that you can pull that have a physiological effect. I think sleep honestly is the longest lever that we have because it's something that regardless of what phase you're in, whether you're in a, a fat loss phase, whether you're in season, preseason, postseason, doesn't matter. You're going to sleep. Like that's the one thing that transcends all seasons, right? Is, is sleep. Yep. And we, we need it, whether we're pursuing a goal or not, you need to sleep. Like it is a physiological human need. It's really, I think one of the longest levers we have to pull. And I don't think people give it enough attention, which is why I asked you to come on. Yeah. Nobody likes to give this attention when you think sleep. Oh, fuck that. Who cares? I'll sleep when I'm dead. I love that crowd. Oh God. I yeah, love so. that crowd. I love to make fun of them. Not because <laughs> I hate them. Not because I think lowly of them. They're just confused people. Just like I was. Why? Well, I, like I don't think you realize you become the walking dead. Like if you, if you go you long do. enough with, with terrible sleep, like I, I had, I had sleep apnea that, that was not caused by being overweight. Like I, for, at first I thought it was from being overweight. I lost a bunch of weight, right. You know, et cetera. And I, I finally went back and got a sleep study. And then we found out I had like tonsil stones that were like making my tonsils block my airway. So they took out my tonsils and they're like, Oh, by the way, you also have a deviated septum. So I couldn't breathe out of one nostril, which I didn't know until the guy tested me. And then I was like, basically suffocate. He took him one finger to basically suffocate me. He told me to close my mouth, you know, and I was like, oh God, they fixed that. And it was like, oh my God, can everybody else breathe like this? And then I went from, and then I also went from getting like 
eight hours of terrible sleep to eight hours of actually restorative sleep. And I was like, holy shit, does everybody else just feel like this all the time? This is amazing. Like, who, who knew? Right. Who knew? It's You've had that light bulb click and it's like you never go back once that clicks. You don't ever go back to what was. And that's what gets me with the I'll sleep with undead crowd is they're literally zombies. I was once one of those zombies. You were once one of those zombies. And they're always, it's always a good intention, but good intentions. What's the saying? What the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. If you're not from my mom once or twice. (laughs) Right. Right. If you're not like taking care of yourself, it doesn't matter what you're doing or why you're doing it. It's all going to be for nothing. Because if you do not have your health, wealth doesn't matter, relationships won't matter, connection won't matter, your sense of higher purpose won't matter, because you're not giving yourself the most basic human need, which is rest and recovery. We need that. Not to mention your sleep-wake cycle literally influences every single one of your bodily processes. Yeah. So let's, let's dig into that a little bit because we've, we've alluded to, we've alluded to the importance of it. Right. But give people some education around kind of like sleep basics 101. Like why do we need sleep? What are the, what are the things that it ties to? And like, what are the stages of sleep, I guess? So, I mean, you can go as I'll just shut up and let you, and let you, let you drop bombs here because I know this is, this is your, this is your area. So, you know, just take us through the basics of sleep. Sure. Yeah, sleep goes well beyond, I mean, well beyond just closing your eyes and then waking up and it's the next day. I wish it was that simple. It's not, guys. I will do my best to take some very high-end neuroscience and dumb it down to a preschool or kindergarten level where everybody can understand that, even myself. Some of the stuff that's out there, I'm like, what? But anyways, so a lot happens with sleep, but the main thing that happens when you shut your eyes and you go through the different sleep cycles and stages is your body repairs itself. It heals itself. It gets rid of all of your metabolic waste, whether that's in your GI tract, whether it's in your brain, your muscles, your kidney, your liver, it doesn't necessarily matter. It is literally regenerating itself. And it's resetting itself. Everything runs on cycles. Um, There's a very intricate clock system inside of your body that inherently runs all of your bodily processes. And the main driver or the master clock, so to speak, is your sleep-wake cycle. So it is does that the circadian energy. rhythm. Is that is that the the, the clinical yes. term for it, the circadian rhythm? Yes, the circadian rhythm and the specific part in your brain that controls it is your suprachiasmic nucleus. That's a very big mouthful of a term for a very small part of your brain that inherently tells your body when it should be doing what in terms of activity or rest. And the gene that influences that is also the gene responsible for your chronotype. Have you ever heard of that term before? I'm a bear. You're a bear. Okay. So we're going to be speaking the same language. Most people are bears or i like to call them the type two chronotype they rise with the sun and set with the sun now me i'm a type one which is the lion i'm up at zero dark 30 and i'm done for in about three hours (laughs) so what a chronotype is to everybody who's listening and maybe you don't know what this is it's your genetic preferential to a certain sleep time and wake up time This is much different than your circadian rhythm. You can train or sync your circadian cycle to whatever your lifestyle is. Whatever you're doing consistently, your body will adapt to. Your chronotype is your 
body's predisposition for when it wants to do things, when it wants to enter activity levels, when it wants to start relaxation and repair and everything in between. And understanding how those two work is key with having sleep quality long-term, not just here and there sporadically. So like if you had all the money in the world and you didn't have to work, you didn't have to take care of kids, like all of those things were, all of those things were removed. This is just what your body would just default to, right? It's like, that's what you're, that's what you're talking about with your, with your chronotype. Whereas your circadian rhythm, like I used to get up at 5.00 AM because that's what I needed to do for work. And I, mm-hmm. I got to the point where, because it was habitual enough and I made myself go to bed at nine, 10 o'clock every night to make sure I got some level of sleep. It was, mm-hmm. it was okay. But you're saying, because, you know, once, <laughs> but once I left that job, it was like, yep, sleep till nine back, you know, go to sleep at 10, 11 o'clock. Right. Like that's, that, yep. that's what you're talking about is that natural predisposition to that, to that certain rhythm. Um, yep. That is that natural predisposition. And everybody has one of those predispositions. We've already talked about two of them. There's two others. There's a type three, which I call the evening preferential. This, this particular type, they're up later in the morning around like 10 ish ish. There's a lot of issues with chronotyping <laughs> and they go to bed typically around 11 PM to 12 AM. And then you have your type four, which is called the dolphin or I call it basically the wonky chronotype or the very, it's the late evening preferential. These are your insomniacs, so to speak, the night owls. My brother-in-law is actually one of these people. He will not wake up until noon to 2 p.m. And he will not go to sleep until about 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. That is his preference. And he owns and runs his own business. So that is truly his preference. We don't see a lot of those in society. We also don't see a lot of type ones. We those, do those see were like the cave watchers, right? While everybody else was sleeping, they were the ones outside with the spear by the fire watching to protect everyone. Yes. And that's important to understand everybody who's listening is our like millions of years of evolution that's encoded in our DNA. Your type four had a purpose. They were, they were on watch guarding everybody while everybody else slept. Your type ones, your early ones were out well before the sun was up hunting and gathering thing. And then you have your two generalized ones which are active during the day to which big bomb everybody. Humans are meant to be active when the sun's out and they're meant to rest and recover when the sun's not out. Modern society kind of fucked that up. Thanks, Edison. <laughs> it's all good it's okay you just I have mean, to learn we're, how to we're, adapt we're benefiting to from some of the some of that technology being able to Absolutely. live stream you know being thousands of mm-hmm. thousand miles apart and you know there are definitely some some benefits to it as well but uh, technology has definitely wreaked havoc on on our especially our light exposure right which there there are mm-hmm. consequences to that can you dig in on that a little bit yes so there's a few things that will sync your sleep cycle and all of your other like biorhythms inside your body it's a fancy term that is often referred to as entrainment light and dark are the biggest sinkers of your sleep wake cycle so with tech it exposes you to light specifically a type of light called blue light most people know what blue light is it's some sort of invisible spectrum light that's emitted from all devices with the screen and really the problem with blue light is we're so entwined with technology that we get massive amounts of doses with it the problem arises is when let's say the sun goes down and we're still getting this light exposure that's going to tell our circadian rhythm to push itself back a little bit more we're still is, is it basically we're artificial st- sunlight is that is that kind of yeah. Pretty much. If you get enough of it, 
your body will treat it as artificial sunlight. And everybody's different. There are some people like me who are not terribly sensitive to it unless you're an idiot like me and leave your TV on all night with you facing it. That's terrible. Don't do that. Uh, and then there's some people who are super, super, super sensitive to it. Uh, my girlfriend is very sensitive to blue light. Yeah. And whenever we watch like movies late at night, if she doesn't fall asleep, I give her my pair of blue light blocking glasses because it's a tool that is very useful for those who have to stare at a screen all day. A lot of people are on their computers like anywhere from about four to eight hours a day. That's oh, a right. lot of blue light exposure. And that will desync your circadian cycle and you will exhibit characteristics of a different type of sleep-wake cycle, a different chronotype. And if it's different from yours and you consistently do it, you're going to break that alignment of all your biorhythms. And that is where problems usually arise. Okay. And so when you say sync, you mean S-Y-N-C, right? Like syncing up, not syncing like S-I-N-K. Like you're syncing Sync, synchronization. Your... Yeah. Yes. Sir. Okay. So when you said it's going to sink, sink your, your sleep wake cycle, I honestly thought of like, you know, sinking a ship. Like these are the things that are going to mess intended. you up. Okay. Okay. You will sink yourself in a bad way. It's like Titanic. So is it, is it when you say, when you say you break that synchronization, but it's something that can be repaired, right? Because like, like that's one thing that drives me crazy. And I'm sure it does you too, as a nutrition coach, when you hear people say, oh, you broke your metabolism. It's like, no, your metabolism adapted because you did mm -hmm. things to it that, that caused it to adapt. Is it, I'm assuming it's very similar in, in the same fashion where like you can, you can get out of sync and you can break that synchronization, but you can't mm -hmm. break your, I mean, you can't break your ability to sleep, right? Or, or do, how, I mean, how, how much consequence is there to, to, if you do it long enough, like, can you break, <laughs> I guess I'm now I'm doubting myself. Like, can you break your ability to, to be able to sleep or how long does it take to restore? Uh, that does depend. Can you inherently, Oh, my sleep is broken. I don't like using that term, but I know what somebody is trying to say when they use it. It's kind of like, Oh, I want to tone up. Oh, you want to add on lean muscle and lose body fat. Duh. Of course. When somebody comes to me and like, Oh, my sleep is broken okay, you're not, your sleep quality is very low. And there's three places where that'll be located in either you have issues falling asleep, staying asleep, or having energy the next day. All of them work with each other, but usually one of them will rear its ugly head more than the others. When someone comes to me and they say they have broken sleep, their circadian cycle and their lifestyle are not working in tandem. They are working against each other. And they that person's done it long enough to where the physical consequences are starting to manifest themselves. So that's usually the end result. And if you don't address it, then the sleep issues will not go away. They will turn into different types of insomnias. You will have dysregulated blood sugar levels. You will gain weight. You will have very altered hormone profiles that will affect how you operate and feel every single day. And it's a very vicious cycle that's tough to break. And the I'm just going to tell you guys the truth. The end result of that is usually a very nasty comorbidity or death. If you really just let it go, I don't see that too, too much, but I do encounter a lot of people with comorbidities. This ties back into me working with a lot of people with comorbidities. The issue was sleep. They had one night of bad sleep somewhere in their life and that altered their behaviors the next day. We all know if you have a terrible night's sleep, your food choices are good, more likely going to go out the window if you're not disciplined. You're going to have different decision-making capabilities, usually not as great. You're not operating in an optimal state. You're operating in a survival state. And a lot of people don't recognize that. And they just live 10, 20, 30 years in survival. That's when the problems arise. Nice. Yeah. 
So what, what do you think is the, and I know this is your, the answer is going to be, it depends, but what is, what is the, what would you say is generally the, the right amount of sleep for people, for people to target? I'm not a fan of saying seven to nine hours because that's an average based off of a meta analysis of hundreds of thousands of people. What that says is most people will sleep that long. There's a big difference between sleep duration and sleep quality. For example, somebody like me, I can sleep six and a half, seven hours and feel like a billion bucks the next day. Take my sister, on the other hand, if she gets less than 10 hours, she's a mess. So clearly duration is not the answer. The answer is the amount of sleep that you need to wake up and feel refreshed and maintain your energy levels throughout the day. And then on the flip side of the day, you're able to fall asleep and stay asleep throughout the night. For most people, that's going to be about six to eight. In my experience, six to eight. There are some people who are nine and ten, but most people about six to eight. Okay, and and I'm not sure how much you want to dig down into the to the types of types of sleep, but I, I, there's four stages of sleep, right? And yes. um, is there? Uh, so let's just say for the sake of for the sake of easy math, uh, that somebody's doing six hours, right? You know, it's your mm-hmm. it's or actually we'll say eight since it's there's four stages. Should it be two? Should it be two hours per stage, or like what? How should that look, right? Like what is what does a normal sleep rhythm look? like and what are the quantities that that people uh, you know that that you would expect a a healthy person to to see that's getting a lot that's getting the right amounts of of sleep and the right the right restorative sleep so the in my experience and this is my experience the only way to deduce if someone's getting the right amount of the different cycles of sleep is to track it over an extended period of time everybody's a bit different and it's my good rule of thumb is if you're cycling through all four stages of sleep around, I think on average is about two or three times a night, you should be fine, should be fine. But again, you need to be able to track that to see what's going on. For example, let's say if my like deep sleep phase is usually over the course of the night, let's say it's, let's just say it's two hours. It's not, but let's just say that's what it is. And let's, let's say I stop paying so much attention to my sleep quality. Let's say I kind of like start eating like crap. I'm not sticking to my routines. And then my two hours went to 45 minutes and I'm waking up feeling kind of crappy the next day with low energy. Those are the abnormalities you're looking for. And how I usually track sleep quality with my clients, unless they want to go buy a whoop strap, which I have some that do, and it's a very helpful tool. I have them track their biofeedback. And that's a term that we use a lot And biofeedback is the signals that your body gives back to you. There's a few different markers that I use. Well, sleep quality is the first one where you're able to fall asleep within a reasonable amount of time. You went to lying awake for hours on end. Did you stay asleep the whole night and you wake up feeling good the next day? So if you got all three of those, awesome. How was your appetite? Was it normal? Was it voracious? Was it non-existent? We're looking for stress on either side of that, uh, mood, focus, overall energy levels, more subjective. This is where you need to know yourself as well. If your mood was all wonky and you were had brain fog and let's say you didn't wake up feeling refreshed, chances are you, your poor sleep was a problem. And then sex drive. This is the most variable one that I talk about. I have an easier time tracking this with women than men mainly because men don't want to track that whatsoever. 
women will track that. We're looking for stability in that particular area, especially with women since their circadian cycle ultimately influences their cycles of ovulation as well. So if there's any issues with ovulation, there's going to be some sort of sleep issue that needs to be resolved as well. So once we establish a baseline of what's normal for the client, then we go and make the changes. That's how I track it. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just got an aura ring, like a few, a few, like a month and a half ago. And I, I, the thing that I probably loved the most is having the sleep data, right? Like just, it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a, it's a convenient way. You mentioned whoop hashtag, not a sponsor for either of those. We're not, we're not affiliated. We're just, they're, they're just tools that that we happen, that we happen to like, Um, you know, he like he likes loop. I haven't had much experience with the whoop strap. I've, I've liked the aura ring so far. I know it's not uh, probably the most accurate valid measurements. Like we're not going and getting diodes hooked up to our heads, like the sleep studies, but you know, at least it's a consistent, it's a consistent measurement methodology. It's better than, better than nothing. Yeah. And just like tracking like macros and calories, it's a good tool. It is not the end result. It's not what we rely on for gauging like dietary success, sleep quality, the whole nine yards. I mean, when I first got my whoop, I did what every, what I tell everyone not to do. Yeah. I do this stuff. I went out late. I had a few drinks late at night with a good friend. We were celebrating something. I can't remember what, but I didn't get home till 1 a.m. And I had to be up at 7. I only got like five and a half hours of sleep, but I woke up feeling like a billion bucks and my sleep quality was insanely high. So clearly (laughs) the numbers don't mean everything. But for those of you that are really into like data tracking and the whole nine yards and you really want to see the numbers, getting one of those devices is a very helpful tool to track sleep quality. Yeah. The biofeedback, I, I say this with my clients too, where it's like the biofeedback always trumps the numbers. And that's true, whether it's macros, whether it's a recovery measurement, whether it's a sleep quality measurement, right? Like how you're feeling is because the body's incredible. And there, there are some things that you just can't like some things that aren't, aren't always easily explained, but like I had, you know, my whoop or my, my aura ring told me my recovery one day was like at a 69 and told me to take it easy. And I was like, Oh, fuck it, I've got practice tonight. And I went and I went out and smashed one of my best biathlon sets in a long time. And and I was like, there you go. You know, I was like, okay, well, I felt good. So I felt fine. I was like, it says I'm tired. It says I need to recover, but I'm like, I feel all right. So I'm going to go after it. And by the time practice rolled around, I felt pretty good. And, you know, so, you know, it's a tool, like you said, it's a tool. It's not the end all be all, you know, I don't let it like dictate, but if it's like, you know, it can raise a red flag sometime or raise like, or at least a, a yellow flag, like, Hey, your, your HRV is elevated. Your body temperature is elevated. You might not be as recovered as you think. Like, and then that makes me check in. I'm like, is that accurate? And I'm like, yeah, I do feel kind of, I do feel a little tired and that, then I might adjust. Right. But I, I use it as a like directional, right? Like it's like, I can, I can, I can choose to take it under advisement or I can ignore it <laughs> because you know, you know, you're not the boss of me or a ring, but <laughs> you know, right? I, I, yeah. I use it that way. Oh, yeah, me too. I use it as more of a guidepost or a ballpark of, okay, here's where I'm at. And I very, very seldomly get the, oh, I'm 100% recovered on the whoop strap. But I know physically, like how I feel, I know my body very well, that I am 100% recovered. So when it gives me data like that, I'm like, hmm, interesting, but fuck it. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I do use it as like a good directional tool. But other than that, I don't, it's, it's not my, it's not my boss. Yeah. It's not, it's not my version of Jesus telling me what to do. It's not my code. It's just, it's just a guide guys. It's a useful tool when you use it right. A lot of people don't use these things right. And that's a problem, but one I'm not going to dig on right now. Yeah.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Platform Podcast. We'll get back to the episode shortly. But first, I wanted to share a few exciting updates about the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open happening here October 23rd in Little Canada, Minnesota. Please go to our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com, to register. Our list of sponsors so far include two belts from Bellevator, six pairs of Ursus Barefoot Athletic Shoes, as well as two Caddy Rock custom-built maces from Cambrian Customs. Other sponsors include Pro Kettlebell, Gaspari Nutrition, and 27 Degrees Apparel. So we have some awesome prizes, and I am very, very excited to welcome you here at the Athlete Lab for our first annual competition. Please take the time and go register, and I look forward to seeing you there. So I, I do want to get into some of the practical steps because, um, I mean, you just wrote like a 30 plus page guide on, on sleep, on sleep secrets. And, you know, it, it goes into a lot of this stuff, even at a deeper level than we're going to be able to cover here in just an hour of, of podcasting. Yeah. And even, you know, 30 plus page guide sounds like a lot, but when it comes to sleep, like there are literally textbooks on it. So even, even the guide you put together is still, is still only scratching the surface, but, um, there are like, there are several really, I think, important pieces of information that I saw in there that I really like, um, um, you know, so let's, let's give some people some, some just like practical, you know, I think you've got like seven tips in your, in there. Like here are some, here are some easy to implement things that can yeah. help you get a better night's sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There are seven of them and albeit, I don't remember every single one off the top of my head, like in, in order, but I do know which ones that I really like and which ones that most people need to take away and apply immediately. Uh, the first one is find your caffeine guys. Come on. I'm coming from a former caffeine addict over here and a caffeine user still like you, you know, when enough is enough for some people that might be one cup of coffee for some that might be four. If you're having issues with your sleep, specifically being able to fall asleep or what we like to call sleep latency, and you're a heavy caffeine user, cut back on that. Cause what yeah. caffeine does is it delays your body's like production of a certain, I cannot remember the name of this particular chemical, maybe you do, that picks up fatigue and it keeps your cortisol levels elevated longer. And when your cortisol elevator, cortisol levels are elevated for too long, that will delay the timing in which melatonin is secreted, which will alter when you're able to actually fall asleep. Yeah, it's a fatigue inhibitor. Is, it's not, it's not, yeah. a, it, it, you don't actually get energy from caffeine. It just, it just prevents you from getting fatigued. Right. So that's, that's the precisely. Yeah, precisely. It's, and it's got it's a, more 12, of a, a 12 hour half-life, I think. Is that right? 12 six, hour half-life, six hour, six hour half-life, 12 hour total life. So oh, yeah, if yeah, you right. consume 600 milligrams of caffeine, it's going to take 12 hours for your body to process it, recycle it, and get it all out of your system. Yeah. So that, so that mid-afternoon shot of a double shot of espresso, 300 milligrams, uh, 150 of that are still in your, in your bloodstream six hours later. So if you did that at, at 3 PM by 9 PM, you still got 150 milligrams of caffeine in your bloodstream. So that might be why you're not being able to fall asleep by 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Correct. And a lot of people have different tolerances. Like I have a very high tolerance for caffeine. I can literally have a cup of coffee and go to bed. It won't bother me. Usually, usually it will not bother me. I don't make this a regular practice. And then there's some people who are highly sensitive of it. And my advice for people to figure out like, okay, well, how much caffeine is enough for me? You want enough to where you still feel good, 
but you don't want to have more because you know it's going to negatively affect you. Like I know where that boundary is with me. And this takes, you know, the unsexy truth of you getting in tune with your body. Your body will tell you everything you need to know. You just have to slow down enough to listen. Yeah. So tip number one, easy one. You're in control of it. Mind your caffeine, people. You know, generally nothing, nothing within six hours of bedtime, right? There's a good as a good rule generally. of thumb or you know, it, but again, mind mind your own individual sensitivity. All right. So that's tip number one. Yeah. What's number two? Get off your ass. I mean, uh, that I'd say that's trip number three or four. The second one I usually tell people to do is, yo, reduce your screen time. Mm. Put your fucking phone down. I guarantee you what Becky's doing on Facebook is it can wait till tomorrow. It's not as important as your health, you having the true relaxation and recovery that your body needs. I know that you might think that what Becky's doing is more important, but I promise you it's not. It, we live in a world where we're always in front of a screen. I mean, this is how we're being, this is how we're able to really give you this information guys. So it's an amazing tool. Just understand that if you're having a lot of excessive exposure to screens, doing it late at night is only going to create a problem. It's not going to solve any of your problems. And a lot of people, honestly, when they take away the caffeine, not even all of it, just some of it, and they reduce their screen exposure, specifically nighttime screen exposure, that's usually what triggers a resyncing of their circadian cycle to something that actually works for them. For a lot, again, a lot of people, everybody's a little bit different. A lot of people just need to implement a couple of these and they'll see amazing results. Yeah. I think you alluded to one earlier too. You said the first thing you do is get everybody getting up and going to bed at the same time, right? So setting, just setting a schedule, right? You, I think yeah. you alluded to that earlier, but that's oh, what yeah. you start with. Yes. That's, I don't think that's listed at all in the, in the ebook that's listed in my program, the final sleep solution, but consistency with your bedtime, your wake up time, your body does everything based off of consistency, it, everything. That's how it sinks itself. If exactly. It loves routines. If your routines are like just non-existent, don't be surprised if your sleep quality is in the abs, it's in the shitter. Or if your routines are the exact opposite of your lifestyle, don't be surprised if you have issues on that end as well. And go to bed when you're tired. Do it consistently. If you're consistently crawling in bed at 10 p.m., consistently crawling in bed at 10 p.m. If you're consistently waking up at 6 a.m., consistently wake up at 6 a.m. or whatever is working for you. Which do you think you is more important, the consistent go to bed time or the consistent wake up time? Because I've heard both from, from varying perspectives. I'm just curious, from your experience, what do you think is, is more important, the consistent go to bed time or the consistent wake up time? I find that in today's society, the bedtime is usually what people push around, but one will lead to the other. You can go to bed like late as hell and wake up at the same time. Yeah, you might be tired for sure, but that's going to affect when you're going to get tired later that day. And eventually your body's going to apparently push you. There's a dog right there. It's going to push you to go into sleep when it's ready to go to sleep. So with either one of those, you're going to have success. You just need to have consistency, consistency with one to start. Okay. I like that. I like that answer. Okay, cool. So set a schedule, mind your caffeine. Uh, we mentioned getting moving, right? So that, I know that's one yep. that I always, I always, I always push people. But when you say that, what do you, what yep. do you mean? Because it's also like I have the problem sometimes where like I do kettle after dark as a, as a hashtag I've literally used sure. because have, having two, having two kids and you know being a full, yeah. full time, a full time yeah. job and an entrepreneur, yeah. right? Like you, you end up sometimes being like, fuck, I, it's nine p.m. and I haven't gotten my session and I'm gonna go hit, I'm gonna go hit the bells at, at nine o'clock at night and then my yeah. core temperature is is super high. So you know that's a do as I say, not as I do. But when you say get moving, what do, what do you mean? 
mean when you say like, you know, get moving, get some exercise? Literally just get in some physical activity every single day. You don't have to necessarily do a workout, but you have to be active. Physical activity is one of the big in trainers or the sinkers, not sink as in go down to the bottom of the ocean, but synchronizing uh, triggers for your circadian cycle. For a lot of people that have sleep problems, their activity levels are low and it corresponds with the type of jobs that they have. I don't necessarily see this problem too much with people who are active, but for a lot of people, they do need to get some sort of physical activity in their day-to-day activities. And one of the things I usually promote is take your physical activity outside, get in the sunlight. Mm-hmm. Sunlight, again, guys, that is your main sinker of your circadian cycle, sunlight. So if you're not getting enough sun exposure because you're inside sitting in an office all day, take your lunch, take a 15 minute power walk outside. It'll do wonders for your sleep. Like that alone will do wonders for your sleep. Nice. What about, uh, what about like, uh, I mean, food, food intake and water intake, right? Like those are obviously other factors that we can control. Right. And I, I know oh, yeah. that that's in there as well. So like, where does, I mean, you can start with one or the other, you know, where, where does hydration come in, I guess. Well, if you're dehydrated, that's a stress on your body. Sleep and stress do not get along. You're either going to have one or the other. And whichever signal is loudest is going to superimpose the other one. So if you're dehydrated, don't be surprised if you have issues going to sleep and staying asleep because your body needs water. It's Your body's made up of 80% water. It's a catalyst in every single bodily process that we do. Nutrition, on the other hand, that greatly affects your sleep quality because what you put in your mouth directly influences every aspect of your body and specifically your circadian cycle. And most prolonged sleep disruptions are the result of poor nutrition and nutrition that's not aligned with your circadian cycle. Yes, nutrient timing does matter in the sleep game. All right, I'm going to I'm going to pull on that. Like I want you to explain to people because cortisol, melatonin are, are inversely inversely related, right? And right. one of the things that people I think uh one of the the worst myths in the fitness industry that that refuses to fucking yep. die is the yep. no car no carbs after sundown, right? So yep. tell people why that's stupid because <laughs> that drives me crazy. Okay, so where this all came from and there's There is evidence that suggests that when you eat after dark, your body will not process the food the way it should. That is true to a point. Remember that any type of food ingestion and digestion, digestion, that is all going to tell your circadian cycle that we're still in the activity phase. So prolong it. So if you eat enough to give that signal, it'll superimpose melatonin production and it will delay your sleep timing onset. That's usually the big problem with late night eating is people tend to eat too much and too much of the wrong things like sugar. Sugar will disrupt your sleep cycle galore when taken in high quantities. When it comes to eating after dark, okay. If you lived in the cave, your body would know generally what time it is, even though there's no light. That's because food timing and physical activity are the other two big sinkers of your circadian cycle. If it knows that when it stops eating at, let's say it, generally speaking, let's say you have three meals a day. And then after that third meal, your body is this smart. It's going to expect about an eight to 10 hour window of not getting food. When you give it that time, it's going to go in and do all of its repair processes. It's going to think that it's sleeping, even though you could be awake. So food timing on, on that one, you can use it to sync your circadian cycle. That's why it's so powerful. And what a lot of people end up doing is they eat all day and they don't give their body enough time to actually go in and do all the repair work. 
because they ate all day that disrupts sleep quality yeah and and i'm gonna i'm just gonna tack on that of course if you eat at night you're going to gain weight if it puts you over your calories or it puts you in a calorie surplus right (laughs) like but if you've managed your intake throughout the day and you're and you have an appropriate you have an appropriate uh feeding schedule um you know having mashed potatoes with dinner is not going to harm your sleep if you're uh, oh and it's not going to harm your harm your goals either if you've managed your intake appropriately right like i've just i've had so many clients tell me like oh i can't have carbs with dinner because it's you know we eat dinner at 7 p.m and i'm like like okay uh cortisol insulin response you know and we need we need we need cortisol low insulin lowers cortisol so you know we 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 want we want we actually want carbs at after (laughs) later in the day because it will actually lower your cortisol which then increases your melatonin so then so long as it's not too close to bedtime you actually get tired because your melatonin levels come up your cortisol levels go down um, you know, so the, and that's where, yeah. that's where understanding the interplay between nutrition and, yeah. and, and, and how the, the, the body chemistry actually works yeah. is something that, that, uh, unfortunately is not easy to communicate on an infomercial at 2am. And so people, <laughs> and so people get sold, sold things <laughs> that are, uh, you know, myths, fitness, oh, right. fitness myths. So exactly, exactly. And in the hierarchy of like nutrition in terms of like nutrition and, and like sleep, uh, it's called chrono nutrition. And fun fact, I do have a program that's going to be coming out in the next three or four months that is all about that. There's a hierarchy to this. First, you have to make sure that you're actually getting your energy requirements. Calories do matter. If you're not getting enough calories, I don't, I don't give a fuck when you're eating them at this point. Not too much. I don't give a fuck if your meal structure is all over the place. We need to make sure you're getting the calories. Once you're getting the calories, and now we care about the distribution of macronutrients in accordance to your lifestyle. That does matter. Once you got that, then we can worry and concern ourselves with timing. Does nutrient timing matter? Yes, that's going all back to chronotypes and fast feeding cycles, which regulate your sleep cycle and all the other bodily processes. But without those other two requirements being met, it's not going to mean much in a weight loss, strength gain, performance gain setting. Cool. And you, you also, you're a big fan of, of nighttime routines as well, right? And I know that's, oh, yes. I know that's a, that's a big thing. So that let's, what's your, what's your favorite, what's your favorite, uh, you know, tips for people to set up a nighttime routine? How do you, how do you recommend they do that? So there's multiple ways to do it. The first thing I say for everybody is set a hard cutoff time to end your day. You're done after blank PM or blank AM if you're a shift worker. Give yourself about one to two hours between your hard cutoff time and the time that you go to sleep to wind down and relax. Again, the whole thing with poor sleep issues, there's too much stress. A lot of that stress comes from people's routines. It comes from their environment. So what we're looking to do is take away the stress and put in things that will relax people. Once you do that, be consistent with your bedtime and your wake up time. Do those two things. That, that is huge. On the morning routine, make sure you guys give yourself enough time to wake up, wind up, and start your day how you want to. We all know the saying, if you start your day off on the wrong foot, don't be surprised if the rest of your day goes south, okay? We want to minimize that as much as possible. When you're starting the day the way you want to, it's going to translate all over your day and into your next night's sleep. So you're setting up a cycle of high-quality sleep, and you're breaking the cycle of low sleep quality with just those two things. Nice. That's awesome. Thank you very much. 
All right. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you, I know you blocked an hour. Um, so we got just a few yeah. more minutes left. I'm going to give you a couple. I want to do, do something I'm stealing from, from, from my man, Brad Jensen. I love the, uh, <laughs> I love the overrated, underrated, appropriately rated. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a few things um, that are sleep, sleep related. And I want to, I want you to tell me whether they're overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated. Um, so go. we'll start, we'll start with, uh, let's say specialty pillows. <laughs> <laughs> overly overrated okay. overly overrated how about how about uh how about mattress pads like like cooling mattress pads like the the ones that control the temperature if they're dual heat and cooling very underrated if it's just cool and let's say you live in vegas very underrated but if you live in a cooler environment let's say in like the Minnesota. north <laughs> i'd say I'd, I'd say well your summers you guys get pretty steamy i'd still yeah, say they're so i'd hot. say they're a where you're at they're probably appropriately rated but for the vast majority at least in my experience they are underrated tools okay um how about blue light blue light blocking glasses appropriately like rated for sure okay and do you have a do you have a brand that you recommend for your clients because i know like this is one of those you kind of get what you pay for sometimes but like you do i've seen i've seen some of the people saying like you know the cheap ones don't actually block blue light so is there ones that you recommend or yeah i do felix gray's felix gray's okay there you go again not a, not a sponsor i'm just i'm just were. i'm just asking i'm asking yeah. we're not affiliated not a sponsor oh. it's just you were just just putting this stuff out there okay how about C- how about cbd oh i'd say that's becoming the next melatonin i'd say that's right now becoming a little too overrated a little overrated okay and it's a little t- band-aid you touch the other one a melatonin your body produces it naturally. And if you take too much of it, it'll stop producing it and screw your sleep cycle up. It's often used as a bandaid for sleep problems. Overrated. Okay. Okay. Um, what about alcohol to help put, put people to sleep? Highly overrated, highly overrated. Alcohol is going to disrupt your sleep cycles. It's going to you're cut out. You're sedated, right? You're, you're, you're sedated, but alcohol inhibits your body's ability to actually cool down enough to go into deep sleep. So you will not go into deep sleep as much as you need to. So you will wake up feeling like a train hit you if you have enough alcohol. Okay. And uh, how about, how about uh, like sleep sounds, white noise, pink noise? Uh... Underrated for sure. Now, not everybody will find value with them. Like I need the room like dead quiet. But for some of my clients, they need that ambient noise or they really want that like white noise. Get get a soft white noise machine or use an app for it. Uh, Brain FM, I'm not affiliated with them as well, but they have an amazing sleep sound that really helps. Or any type of sound that relaxes you will work as well, but very underrated. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much, man. I, I appreciate I appreciate it. Uh, is there anyone that I missed that you're like, I want to tell people this is really overrated. Don't waste your money. Because this was off the top of my head. I did, not, I did not prep these. Any type of like herbal supplement, because it seems like in the sleep industry, everybody wants to take a pill. If it's coming in a pill, there's two things that could happen. One, it's going to band-aid an issue. Or number two, it's actually it's going to help because you're in a position already at a foundation of quality sleep, and it's just going to give you that extra edge. I think, and this is my this is my opinion. Take it or leave it. I don't really care if you're reliant on a pill to get you to sleep or some sort of substance to get you to sleep. You have a problem that's much deeper seated than that, and it's just a band aid. And those are ticking time bombs. Those problems do not age well, and when their time when their time is to blow, they're ugly. So just don't go, don't go down that road. And if you're on that road, catch yourself and start going to the root of the problem and resolving it there. 
that oh, way yeah. it does not pharmaceutical pharmaceutical sleep aids i should i should have asked about so oh, i am going to ask oh, about that hot extreme of all the ones they are the most overrated i do not like those whatsoever not a fan I was that was that was what I that was what I figured the answer was going to be. But uh, you, as you're as you're mentioning mentioning band aids, right, and things that can have you know right. downstream ramifications like right. prescription prescription sleep aids are, are probably even 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 more so. And su- supplements can be useful again, like but like you said, that's the peak of the pyramid. It's only if everything underlaying yep. it is already is already taken care of. Nutrition is solid. Your routines are solid. Exercise Correct. is solid, right? Then Correct. then yeah, can can like an adrenal support supplement or something like mm. can that potentially help you with with getting that yeah. 95 on your sleep recovery score sure. <laughs> right that you know yeah. that might that might that might be the thing i'm coming for you bobby hicks i'm gonna i'm gonna get i'm gonna get my nine my 90 plus uh sleep scores my, <laughs> my, my, my buddy bobby and i yeah. like to text each other back and forth with, yeah. our, with our, our sleep scores so he's awesome. always, he's, always be, he's always beating me but uh, I, I, I did get it i did get a 95 this week one day so i'm Sweet. like yeah. so that's amazing I've, I've been that a lot more amazing. i've been a lot more mindful of it recently and, and a lot of the things that you're talking about are habits that i've started to implement so I really appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah. Tell people where they can find you. How can they? How can they get at your information? I'll, I'll put a link to the uh, to the Sleep Secrets uh, group in in the episode notes. But where else can people find you? Oh, I'm really easy to find. Uh, it's my first and last name, Nick N S A K Real R I E L L. Facebook, Instagram, those are the two places I'm active on the most. I have a YouTube account coming out. It's I have no idea what I'm going to call it. Probably. Nick, Nick real to start. I'll come up with some fancy term later <laughs> down the road. Um, I do have a Twitter as well. Real fitness solutions. There, there you go. There you go. There you go. I like that. Or real sleep solutions. Even better. Yeah. Look at that. I'll give you credit for that one. I'll give <laughs> I appreciate you credit for that one. I take 3% on the back now. <laughs> All right, cool. That, hey, that's fine with me, especially when monetize YouTube. Anyways, I am on Twitter, but full transparency, I only use Twitter to post out content that I repurpose. I'm not on there whatsoever other than to do that so facebook and instagram guys i do have a private group that he's going to be linking in there if you want more of what i got you want my ebook you want to have your sleep fixed that is a place to be do not miss out on it awesome thank you nick i really i really appreciate it so nick the real deal uh thank you for coming on and we will we will talk soon man all right thank you for having me and thanks to everyone who tuned into this episode i appreciate you guys see you nick all right take care Thanks for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. I'm Jordan Gundy Wright. We'll be back with a new episode for you next week. Please don't forget to register for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open on our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. And if you have a question or a suggestion, please email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. And if you want to step onto the platform and compete in kettlebell sport, please reach out to me. Until next time.